The Swain Event Podcast is brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. There are over 100 million pieces of litter on our beautiful Tennessee roadways, and TDOT spends $19 million a year picking it up. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at nobodytrashestennessee.com. Brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. Long, better rates and better service. ATFCU.com is the website. Lots and lots going on in college football. A lot going on. College basketball, a little slap on the wrist for Bruce Pearl. We'll get to that at some point. But I want to make this about SEC football because Mike Leach is complaining about selfish, selfish players opting out of bowl games. He did not mince words. This is what he said. You've got an obligation to the place that helped build and develop you and finish it out in the bowl. That's part of it. You owe it to your team. You owe it to your fans. You owe it to your coaches. It's the most bizarre thing in the world to me. Someone says, well, I can't play one more game. They think they're going to have a stored 10-year NFL career. And they can't play one more college game. Well, that's ridiculous. I mean, guys will go to the NFL, they'll make Pro Bowl, um, and, and they'll play in the Pro Bowl. And it's one of the biggest absurdities I've seen. And it's selfish, too. Woo! Touchdown or turnover? You agree with Mike Leach? Touchdown, turnover. 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 Do you have the uh, direct quote in front of you? Oh yeah, I just read it. Is that not it? Someone else? Well, I was, I was. Torn oh, around gotcha. with the new toys in here. I, okay, I okay. saw the quote over the weekend, but I, I want to hear the direct quote again before I go in on them. Okay, so he says you got an obligation to to the place that help that help build and develop you and finish it out in the bowl. That's part of it. You owe it to your team. You owe it to the fans. You owe it to the coaches. It's the most bizarre thing in the world to me. Somebody says I, I can't play one more game. Uh, they think they're going to have a storied ten of ten year NFL career, uh, and then they can't play one more college game. Well, that's ridiculous. I mean, guys will go to the NFL, they'll uh, make the Pro Bowl, and then they'll play in the Pro Bowl. It's one of the biggest absurdities I've ever seen, and it's selfish too. I say turnover because I don't think it's black and white. Like, I I understand where he's coming from, Swain, and I, I think all of us college football traditionalists miss that complete thought by everybody in the sport from the players uh it's it's been an odd change to 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 have take place but i just i just think it's that black and white like on on the surface like yeah i do agree with him to a certain extent but i'm sorry i'm not gonna hold it over the head of Alante taylor that he's not playing in a bowl game like he he did everything for tennessee football did all that he could and he 
as Josh Heupel spoke about on Saturday when he met with the media Saturday morning to kick off bowl practice, he said that Alante's been playing through an injury the last three, four weeks of the season that not many people knew about. And he made the best decision for him. He made the right decision for him. So, like, just because Alante Taylor has this right to 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 play things out for the university or whatnot, whatever Mike Leach said, like, like he he has a legitimate reason, and and I'm not gonna hold it over his head. Like, yeah, it stinks that we don't get Alante Taylor for one more game if Purdue's top receiver decides to play in the bowl game, then it could could really impact the football game. But, like, I'm not holding it over Elante Taylor's head when, when he's he has a legitimate reason not to play in the bowl game. And, like, I'm sorry. Like, we have to put our fan glasses aside and, and realize that Elante getting healthy and Elante preparing for the draft process is is more important than – a bowl game that, I mean, it, it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. So I say turnover just because I don't, I don't think it's that black and white as Mike Leach is trying to make it be. Is it selfish? Players opting out of bowl games. Is it selfish? Do I agree with Mike Leach? Is it selfish? I agree with the fact that it is selfish. It is selfish. But it's okay to me. Because, and let's talk real here. It's like we don't talk real before. I'm, like I'm over here making it seem like there's a difference in <laughs> any other show or any other time during the show. But well, you weren't talking real earlier. What do you mean? When you were fawning over Bo Nix. I mean, oh get God. real. I mean, you want to talk about being real with the people? You weren't even real with the people in the first hour. Bo Nix is, is not good. And, and you're over here trying to make him seem like Peyton Manning or something. I mean, if you want to preach about keeping it real, why don't you do it all, all three hours of the show? Oh, gosh. Stop. <sighs> Anyways, <laughs> before I was rudely, and I <laughs> emphasize rudely interrupted, <laughs> Before I was really interrupted, are the players selfish for opting out? Yes. Yes, they are selfish. Because who are they thinking about? They're thinking about themselves. But at the beginning of someone's career, and at the end of a player's career, if they have an opportunity, because not everyone has an opportunity to do this. Some people need to play in a game. Most guys on the team that's entering their last season need to play in a bowl game and want to play in a bowl game. Like you don't, you're not seeing multiple dudes, two, three, four, five guys on a team opt out of the bowl game. That's like Alabama, Georgia problems, Ohio State problems, and at this point in the season. Those guys are playing in more meaningful type of postseason games anyways. So you're not seeing teams that are playing in the Capital One Bowl have four or five dudes make this decision because if they are making that decision, you look at the coach going, hey, man, why y'all just playing in the Capital One Bowl and not playing in the freaking you know, New Year's Six game or the college football playoff? So we're only talking about a couple guys. 
But at the beginning of someone's career, during recruiting, it's all about that one player. This is what we can do for you. This is the resources we have for you. This is what you can do in our system. You can do this. You can do this. You, 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 you. It's all about you. And then you get to school, and then you understand there's a de-recruitment process, and then it's about the team. And that's the way it should be, right? If you carry yourself a certain way for three, four years, and you have put yourself in a position where a good end of December, January, this is what the time you need. You're going to need all of all of December, you'll need all of January, and then boom, the combine is right then. That's six, eight weeks that you give these guys opportunities to prepare for the combine. But if you put yourself in a position where you can make that decision, think about the good play and how you've carried yourself for that university for three years or sometimes four years, most times four years. So you mean tell me. That if a player gave me his all for three, four years, played to a level that has put himself in a position to play in the NFL, and he needs an extra three, four weeks to prepare for the biggest opportunity of his athletic life. It is a, it is a trade-off you have to make. Here's why you have to make it. You need to make it. You don't have to. You wonder. You wonder. When you're transitioning from college to the NFL, how's my coach helping me? What's what's my coach saying? How's my coach supporting me? Does he even care about me now that I don't have any more eligibility at that school? I can't do anything for him, does, but does he really care about me? Because a lot of people, they don't really care about you unless you can do something for them. You want to judge the character of a man? See how they treat people that can't do anything for them. Mm. Some coaches change, boy. They change. You can't get them on the phone. They, they, you see them. They act brand new, different, because you don't have any eligibility. They can't. You can't do anything for them. You can't make them look good. You can't help them get a raise. But I'm going to tell you what's about to happen. I'm going to tell you what's about to happen. When Alante Taylor gets to the league, and let's say he has an Emmanuel moment, Emmanuel uh, Mosley type of uh, start of his career, Justin Coleman start of his career. You know who's going to be ecstatic about coming back home? On the bye week, you know who's going to be proud to wear that tee everywhere he goes? It's going to be a guy like Elante Taylor. Because he's going to feel good that he has back. He has backing. He has a coach that supports him being successful and wanting to be successful and wanting to reach his goals, a lifelong goal. And Alante did everything right here at the University of Tennessee, representing this university, playing at a high level, playing hurt. Thank you, man. Thank you. 
yeah, you can you can you can force kids to play. Yeah, you can make them feel bad. You can guilt trip them into playing their last game. You can take this approach if you are Mark Leach. You can take this approach if you if you are Mike Leach if you want to. But I'm telling you what's going to happen, and it has happened, and it's been happening, and this is why some former players feel a certain type of way about their school during that transition from college to pro because it's like, did these dudes who recruited me, who coached me, did they really help me? What did they say behind my back? It, it wasn't really helpful. So there's a period. There's a time period where you finish up playing and you don't come back. And you're not really prideful about wh- where you went to school. I'm not saying it's all the guys, but I have seen this before. But guys don't come back. And it takes some time for them to come back. Don't come back immediately. Because not everyone's like Grant Williams. Not everyone has that experience. Not everyone's like a, a Eric Berry that had a great three years and his brother's here and then boom, he's right. Not everyone has that experience. But I'm telling you, if we have a player that put themselves in a position like Alante Taylor, we need to do exactly what we're doing because once he goes to the league and has some success, he's going to be the biggest spokesperson for Tennessee, more as an NFL player than he ever will be as a player. And that's strong when it comes to recruiting, when it comes to marketing, when it comes to branding. That is strong. And we got a unique, special individual in the NFL right now representing Tennessee and Alvin Kamara. But I'm going to tell you right now, Alvin Kamara's ending, it wasn't pleasant, the stuff that that, that, pre, that staff tried to do to get Alvin to come back. Alvin Kamara has every reason to be like, uh, yeah, I play Tennessee, but I don't know about wearing gear on TV. I don't know about, you know, I don't, I don't know. But because of the type of dude Alvin is, man, like, he don't even hold that against Tennessee. That's more about the individuals that were here. Alvin is super mature. Some guys, one person treat them bad, they blame it on the whole school, and they have resentment towards the whole school. But is Mike Leach, is he right? Is it, is it selfish? Yeah, yeah, it's selfish. <laughs> it's selfish. It's selfish just like, you know, your decision to go to a school. It's selfish just like a coach who leaves in the middle of the night. It's selfish when when Mike Leach left Washington State to go to Mississippi State. It was selfish when when Mike Leach was wanting the Tennessee job while he's still the Washington State coach, and he was in California recruiting, and he met with John Curry. Curry, is that selfish? That sounds pretty selfish to me, right? Yes. Is that very selfish? But we understand there's a time and a place to be selfish. There's a time and a place. That's acceptable to be selfish. If you want to be Jalen Hurd and you want to be selfish making your decision to pick Tennessee, and and they laid out a, a PowerPoint of why Tennessee is going to help you and make you the, 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 the all-time leading back and this is the plan for you, yeah, you'd be selfish then. But you can't be selfish in the middle of a football game <laughs> and not, and refuse to go back in. There's a time and place for selfishness. That is not the time and place. So, yeah, yeah, it's selfish. Yeah, yeah, it's selfish. 
But so what, Mike? So what? You had selfish moments. There's time and place for your selfishness. Coaches usually leave to go to other schools after the season's over. Mike Leach, I mean, uh, Brian Kelly, psh, he ain't wasting any time. His selfishness was at a, arguably a bad time. They still, had, they still had a game. They still have a game to play. This dude left the season going on. Team was still competing for a chance to play for a national championship, but he left. His selfishness was off schedule. So, yeah, it, there's no reason to not embrace that it is selfish. It is selfish, but it's understandable. And Alante has deserved it. And David Bell, the receiver from Purdue, if he decides to opt out completely, because still haven't heard word of exactly what he's going to do there, but if he decides to opt out, I hope Purdue fans are like, hey, man, dude, you just gave us your all. You balled out. You helped us win games for multiple seasons. The least we can do for one game is allow you to sit out and give you an extra three weeks to prepare for the biggest job interview of your entire athletic life. You're going to have to be 100%. You're going to have to learn how to do something that you've never done before unless you ran track. You have to be a track star. So you're a football player. You've been playing football your whole entire life. But we got six to eight weeks to turn you into a track star. And that requires learning how to run. Some, I mean, I, you don't know how to run as a track star. There's technique that goes into running a 40. And there's muscle memory that has to be created. And you don't have a lot of time. So you need that two three extra weeks to create muscle memory to be able to run 40s. It's the biggest job interview. I don't think people really understand the time that it goes into having to train for these drills. Drills that you don't really do when you're preparing for football season. You're not running the 40s in, 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 in booty shorts and <laughs> spandex and track shoes. That's not how you prepare for the, the fall season. You prepare for the fall season with football pads on and football drills. These are track drills. Slash football skills. So, yes, it's selfish. But I'm cool with it. I'm cool with it. And it's worth the trade-off. Give me a proud alum that's playing in the NFL, that's, that has a good, good feeling about his school, pr- supporting him, pursuing his dreams. Give me that. We'll give you one game. Now, if Tennessee is playing in the Rose Bowl or some prestigious bowl game, then maybe that's a different conversation. Or maybe a player that's 100% healthy. We got two guys that are banged up. If a, if a dude is 100% healthy, that's a whole other conversation. All right, 865-255-03. Let's get to uh, Josh in Virginia. Josh, good morning. Josh had to drop off because of work. He said uh, he'll call back in later. Could have told me just shut up, man. You could have told me right in my ear. We can do that now. Well, I, I, unlike you, I'm nice and don't want to do that. I was flowing, though. I was flowing. I was flowing. It's all good. Let's go to the text box this morning. Oh, actually, you don't text box. I had to drop off at of work. I'll call back in later from Josh. Okay, gotcha. Um... 
fake Tony Basilio. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about, Tony Basilio. Uh, fake Tony Basilio. What you talking about, man? You don't think this stuff is important? Because <laughs> no, no one has talked about what I just talked about in detail. And think about all the players that have left Tennessee, and you haven't seen them come back for a couple years. It's a reason why I've talked about it. It's a reason why I've talked about it. It has it has affected Tennessee in a lot of ways. That transition from college to pro, it has affected Tennessee in not a good way. And here's the opportunity for Josh Heupel to improve that feeling. So it's very important, fake Tony Basilio. Very important. 865-255-03. We'll continue with the Swain event here at Betty Chevrolet Parkside Drive after this. Stay with us. I'm Vince Moore, wide receiver, BFL 1991, and you're listening to the Swain event. If you're coming to Knoxville and need a place to stay, do yourself a favor and book a room at Hampton Inn Paper Mill, also known as the Hampton on the Hill. This award-winning property is literally in the top 5% of all Hampton Inn properties. The GM, Stephen Lawrence, is a good old local boy who grew up in the business around Knoxville. He and his staff are always available, always willing to help, and will go above and beyond for their guests. The newest Hampton Inn in Knoxville has clean, affordable rooms, flat screens, fridges, and microwaves in every room. Plus, breakfast is included in every rate. Not to mention, there's also a pool and fitness center on site. If it wasn't so close to amazing restaurants, bars, and shopping, you would never want to leave. At only six miles from campus, you're still right in where the big orange action is. Go to HamptonInn.com, search Knoxville, and book your room at the Hampton Inn Paper Mill, or call 865-693-5400. We're here with Dr. Michael Carlson of Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine to discuss PRP, platelet-rich plasma. If you have orthopedic injuries such as shoulder pain, knee pain, Achilles tendonitis, or tennis elbow, you should give them a call. Good to be back, Jason. We specialize in non-surgical orthopedics, so we treat damaged tendons, ligaments, and joints, including rotator cuff injuries, knee injuries, and elbow and foot problems by using ultrasound-guided injections with PRP. And this form of treatment helps stimulate the body's own reparative process and assist in the healing of damaged tissue. Doc, what makes your training different than others? I've been practicing in Knox Hill for over 26 years, and I'm certified in interventional regenerative orthopedic medicine through the American Academy of Orthopedic Medicine. They've been the leader in this form of treatment since 1983. I also teach this form of treatment on a national and international basis to other physicians, residents, and medical students. Here in our clinic, I'm the one doing the procedure, and we're using your own PRP, which are concentrated platelets, to treat your injury. So in other words, Jason, it comes from you and it goes back to you, so you know exactly what you're getting and know exactly the level of training involved. Do what the pros, college athletes, and I have done, and visit them online at trsportsmedicine.com. Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine, East Tennessee's leader in PRP therapy. Fellas. 
When it's time to freshen up that wardrobe, there's only one play to make, and that's to go see my friends at Mark Nelson Denim in downtown Knoxville. Find the latest in small batch denim in the heart of Knoxville. Denim isn't all they do, though. Mark Nelson also does custom suiting and blazers. Let your personal style shine with Mark Nelson. If you don't have time to go shopping for yourself, but still want that fresh look, then sign up for the NN Society. Let the experts handle the shopping and get $300 worth of merchandise for just $150 every other month. That's six times per year to keep you looking styling every day. Let Mark Nelson Denim help you be the best you. Because when you look good, you feel good. Go to Mark Nelson Denim. At Iris Networks, we know that business communication solutions are critical to your success. Since 1998, we've been helping businesses in East Tennessee by providing reliable and affordable high-speed fiber internet and voice solutions. That's why Iris Networks is your Tennessee communications partner. With internet speeds up to 100 gigs and work-from-anywhere solutions like mobile apps, video conferencing, and file sharing, we make sure you can stay connected to your customers and great communities we live and work in. Iris Networks, because just like you, Tennessee is our home. Live here at Betty Chevrolet, Parkside Drive, home of the warranty for life here. They will buy your vehicle flat out. They will trade for anything, motorcycle, boat, camper. Uh, they'll, they'll, they'll trade. They'll buy it, man. They'll buy it straight from you. Betty Chevrolet. BettyChevrolet.com. I think Fake Basilios agrees with what I'm saying, but he didn't like that we talked about it for 20 minutes. Dude, it, it's, it's relevant. It's relevant to your team. Like, like your team just had – they have two players that is not going to play in a bowl game who are NFL players. Like, it's relevant to your team. So, quit being goofy, man. He's uh, been goofy on there for weeks now. Yeah, quit being goofy. All right. Uh, it's time for around the SEC. What, what we got, Ben? We've got a lot to discuss today, Swaino. I'm going to start with some uh, basketball scores from over the weekend just to get them out of the way. On Friday night, Loyola Chicago traveled to Nashville and beat Vanderbilt 69 nice, to 58. 69 to 58, Loyola Chicago beats Vanderbilt on Friday night. And then on Saturday, Swain, we had a ton of games going on. You had Auburn beat Nebraska 99 to 68. Oklahoma beat Arkansas 88-66. to Colorado State beat Mississippi State 66-63. to Conzo did not have a good afternoon. Lost to Kansas 102-65. to 102-65. The math... I'm not even going to try the math off the top of my head. I think it's 37, but I don't want to look stupid in terms no, of point it's differential. Th- it's 35 plus. I mean, um, it's listen, It's one thing to lose by like two or three points to your rival. I mean, that's the first time these guys played since 2012. Um, that Kansas-Mizzou basketball rivalry is, 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 was one of the best rivalries in college basketball mm-hmm. before the realignment. This is the uh, first time they played since then. And emotions running high for Mizzou fans already because the basketball program is not, you know, producing the way 
Uh, they should be producing at this point of Combs and Martin's tenure there uh, at Missouri. They've lost some some ugly games, and they have not looked good offensively. We know all that story too well here at Tennessee about you know ugly offensive basketball. Uh, but to go out and lose in that fashion to a rival, that's what makes your fans emotionally ready to erupt. That's like going out and, and, and losing to Florida, Alabama, and seeing the players quit and losing by 50. I mean, it's, it's, it's happened close in Alabama. But, like, you just upset more. I mean, we lost to Alabama this season. It's different than, you know, losing – when we've Daniel lost by 40, 50 points, it's a different level of rage and and, and being upset. So, yeah, Conzo, man, Conzo in trouble, man. That's that's ugly, ugly. Loss. Yeah, I'd be surprised if Conzo survives this year. Quite frankly, yep. And and I, I do think it would be the correct decision by Missouri, but I, I do feel bad for for Conzo just because I I do think he's such a great person and you want to see people like him succeed so uh Missouri absolutely embarrassed and Missouri fans were not happy at all as they should not be what was happy if you are a Tennessee fan was seeing Notre Dame an average a below average Notre Dame team that was three and four entering the game upset number 10 Kentucky on its home floor Notre Dame beats Kentucky 66 to 62. You love to see that. LSU beat Georgia Tech 69, nice to 53. TCU beat A&M 68 to 64. Western Kentucky destroyed Ole Miss 71 to 48. And then the nightcap which tipped off at 10 p.m. Eastern. Don't know if anybody caught the the second half of that game. Absolutely beauty of a game between number 14 Houston, number 9 Alabama. Back and forth the entire second half came down to the final moments of the game. Alabama squeaks out a 83-82 to win. That, that was a really fun basketball game to watch. So up and down Saturday for the SEC swing. You had Auburn, Tennessee, LSU, TCU, an Alabama win, but some pretty bad losses for Ole Miss, Kentucky, Missouri, Arkansas, Mississippi State, and Vanderbilt. And then last night, Florida loses to Maryland 70-68, to and Maryland just fired its coach a week and a half ago. Somehow, South Carolina and Frank Martin beat Florida State 66-65, to though. That, that a was a win. shocker. That's a great win. Leonard Hamilton is one of the best – basketball coaches in the country. And he yep. has one of the best programs in the country. Yep. He's like Rick Barnes. Yep. Yep. Just, you know, solid, long, uh, respectable resume. People in the industry respect him. He gets good players. He develops. Just hasn't won big yet. Yep. In terms of SEC football, I have a couple of notes to, to run through because it was a very busy weekend. A&M defensive back Leon O'Neal is off to the NFL. He won't play in the bowl game. Uh, somewhat SEC news since Texas is, is halfway in the SEC. Last night, Texas landed Ohio State transfer quarterback and former five-star quarterback Quinn Ewers. So Quinn Ewers is headed back home to the state of Texas and will play for the University of Texas. That's a, a, a pretty significant development for Steve Sarkeesian, Swain. 
Yeah, I mean, he, he was committed to uh, Tom Herman and decommitted from Texas, and this is when Tom Herman, we knew that his fate was sealed there at Texas and he wasn't going to make it if he couldn't, you know, land the state's best best quarterback, one of the best quarterbacks um, coming out of high school in a very, very long time. But he's committed to Texas, decommitted, and then went to Ohio State. Uh, Herman gets gets canned, and now Texas gets uh, Ewers. So this is where it starts for Texas. You know, if Texas is going to be good, they got to be able to keep their top talent at quarterback inside the state. Too many times they've allowed, you know, top players in Texas to go outside of the footprint and go win other places. They've allowed, you know, RG3, Johnny Menzel, guys that are right there in their own backyard to go to other programs and go win Heismans. <laughs> so uh, this is the first step for Texas football getting back. Had a couple of attrition notes on Kentucky football over the weekend. They added Virginia Tech wide receiver transfer Tavion Robinson. Uh, he tweeted that he had committed to Kentucky. Well, it's kind of a weird story. He tweeted that he had committed to Kentucky, and then he quickly deleted the tweet and is now apparently announcing on Wednesday. So everybody assumes that Kentucky is getting Virginia Tech wide receiver transfer Tavion Robinson, a, a pretty weird situation there. Uh, Kentucky did have a safety, Moses Douglas, enter the transfer portal, while Florida defensive end Zachary Carter, who is, is a very good defensive end, one of the the better players on that Florida roster this season, who had good a good individual season, uh, he's off to the NFL. Uh, Zach Carter, defensive end from Florida. Uh, and then at Mississippi State, Martin Emerson, uh, one of the, the best corners in the SEC. He's headed to the NFL draft. Uh, Florida linebacker Muhammad Diabate is entering the portal, which that's a, a pretty significant name entering the portal. He had played a ton there for Florida over the years. So a lot of players moving, but you also had some defensive coordinators on the move, Swain. Mike Elko, the defensive coordinator at Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. He took the Duke job. And then Dan Lanning, the defensive coordinator at Georgia, took the Oregon job. Any any thoughts as to Dan Lanning or Mike Elko moving on? Uh, Dan Lanning, man, his um, like his move, his movement in his career has just been remarkable. And six years ago, he was a graduate assistant. Six years ago, man, that's wild. Is what was what I read six years ago. He was he was a, a grad assistant, I think, at the University of Alabama. So it wasn't too long ago that he was getting people coffee and going out and um, being responsible for dry cleaning and doing cut ups and all this stuff. And you know, now he is. 2015, he was a GA at Alabama. 2015, he's a GA at Alabama. The next year, he goes to Memphis. He's the inside linebackers coach and recruiting coordinator from 16 to 17. And then in 2018, Georgia, he's an outside linebackers coach. And in 2019, he's a DC until this year. Now he's the head coach at Oregon. He is 35 years old. That is that is very significant, man. That it went, he came up. That was quick, man. 
That's like being an intern, and 60 years later, you are the freaking president of the company. you CEO, six years. Or CEO of another company that is a Fortune 500 company like the one that, that you were working at before as a GA or an intern. That's just, that's crazy to me. How would, how would you compare interning and then six years later running a new Cadillac on a Monday morning? It's a pretty significant come up, man. <laughs> I kid, I kid. Last thing I got for you, Swain, is is rather significant and something that you mentioned briefly earlier in the show, and, and that is that Bruce Pearl was hit with oh, a two-game suspension, and uh, they also had some other penalties. Bruce Pearl suspended two games, one of which was over the weekend against a really bad Nebraska team in Atlanta, and... Wes Flanagan, I believe, was the interim coach for the game. It it didn't matter, mainly because Nebraska is is bad, which is surprising because they, they got Hoiberg back after his stint with the, the Bulls. That has not Takes gone time. well. Takes time, man. Who wants, to play, who wants to play football or basketball in Nebraska? Derek Walker Jr.? He ain't no choice. <laughs> this is true. And he, and he got suspended for like 20 million games as well. And then Stephen Pearl will – coach the next game the the second of the two game suspension and, and it's against like northern illinois or, oh, or somebody like that I so on tv i gotta check out my man steven uh, no, oh, it, it was man. funny to uh west flanagan who interim this weekend was like well i'm the winningest coach in auburn basketball history at one and oh i want to see steven my best even get to tech oh one thousand percent steven winds to the to the to the rest as much as his daddy does Oh, dude, it's going to be hilarious, man. But they also get four years of probation, 2021 to 2025. Program must reduce the total number of scholarships by two during the term of probation. They get a $5,000 fine, 3% of the basketball budget. And, Swain, I think that in terms of Tennessee fans viewing what this means for Tennessee, I I know – some are, are kind of scoffing at the fact that Bruce got slapped on the wrist for, for what took place in his program. But on a separate conversation, I think that this bodes well for, for Tennessee because Auburn went the self-imposement route, which is what Tennessee did. And I, I know Tennessee didn't self-impose a bowl ban, but Tennessee is essentially counting their self-imposement as – all the firings that they did and, and getting all the, the the people who were involved with the cheating out of out of town and, and firing Jeremy Pruitt and his nine staff members along with others. That That's what Tennessee is banking on, and that's kind of the route that Auburn went as well. They had a postseason ban last year, which it was a comical postseason ban because that Auburn basketball team was bad and, and not going to make the postseason anyways. Uh, they had a reduction of one scholarship, uh, they had a ban on unofficial visits, calls, and other recruiting activities. So I think this this bodes well for Tennessee fans and, and should make them feel more comfortable because Tennessee is essentially taking the, the same route, a, a little different route, more more scenic, but uh, they're, they're banking on the, the self-imposement, so to speak. Yeah, Tennessee football scorched the earth as far as their um, the personnel. Uh, fire a lot of people, but you know Auburn you had to get rid of one. And to add context to the conversation, Auburn was um, was in hot water because uh, 
Chuck Person, who is a former Auburn player and NBA player, was accused of soliciting and accepting at least $91,500 from Lewis Martin Blazer III, a former financial advisor who was working as a cooperating witness for the FBI in its investigation into college basketball corruption. Person was accused of uh, facilitating some of the money to Auburn players, families, and inducements to get them to sign with certain financial advisors once they turn pro. The government alleged that he provided $11,000 to one player's family and $7,500 to another player's family. So in 2020, November last year, the Tigers did a self-imposed uh, one, you know, one year postseason ban because their team was sorry, so it didn't really matter anyways. Nah, they were like, we, we sorry, it's COVID, whatever. We'll take this little, we'll take this L and um, be back next year. So uh, these things happen under Bruce Pearl's watch. Did he know? I'm sure he did. Oh, 1,000%. <laughs> I'm sure he did, but that's like that's what Auburn is, is in a little bit of hot water for. Um, and whether whether or not Pearl a new um, person, whether he was taking orders from Pearl and was doing it under the, 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 the direction of Pearl, we don't know that, but he is taking a fall. And Pearl is going to be just fine after he serves a second, uh, second game suspension. And this is... This is deja vu, man. This is this is the second or third time he's had a little bit of a scandal at a place where he was where he was coached. So it's just, it's it's just, just amazing that he lies about a barbecue and and everything plays out the way that it did as a result. And then at Auburn. He has an assistant coach go completely rogue under his watch. And I, I use rogue loosely because you can't tell me that Bruce Pearl did not know. Like what, what he did at Auburn was real deal cheating. Yeah, this, is, this is real deal cheating. <laughs> real deal cheating and got nothing for it. Absolutely nothing for it. But at Tennessee, he got absolutely eviscerated. Yeah, he got three three years show calls. Had to, had to, had to. You know, he got fired. Um, it doesn't make any sense. Don Nintendo got ten years show calls, and it's like, yeah. And Oklahoma State, poor Oklahoma State, did the same route as Auburn. I mean, they they cooperated, and they got a postseason bowl ban this year. Um, just unreal. And this is every more reason of why fans feel like. You should not cooperate with NCAA because you just never know if if it's going to benefit you or not. So, yeah, that's 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 what that's what happened um, inside of the SEC. A lot of stuff went down, man. A lot of coaches on the move. Assistant coaches man, getting head coaches. Time job. of the year. Yeah, man. Attrition, I mean, attrition, attrition. SEC basketball picking up. Tennessee's got a a game with USC Upstate. Tomorrow night, which will be pretty cool, Swain, because Justin Ganey, who is an assistant coach for Tennessee, a first-year assistant coach for Rick Barnes, his son is a freshman for USC Upstate. So that'll be a cool storyline for tomorrow night's game, and it'll be the last of a 
a tune-up game for a very important three-game stretch coming up. I mean, it, it's Memphis week, man. It is Memphis week. Tennessee plays Memphis this Saturday, Bridgestone Arena, 12 p.m. Eastern. I And I just want Tennessee to beat the absolute breaks off of Penny Hardaway, who could not beat Murray State on Friday night in Memphis. In FedEx form, Penny takes an L to the fighting John Morantz. They lost again? Yes, to Murray State on on Friday night. Now, I will say they they should not have lost that game, Swain, but they did look better than they had against Georgia and Ole Miss. They looked really good in the first half, and then in the second half, they didn't necessarily look bad. They just could not stop – Murray State's two guards, they they could not miss from three. Uh, they they caught fire like it was NBA Jam and just could not miss. And, and they lit up FedEx form and, and was able to squeak out a win. So they still not they still should not have lost, but they did look better against Murray State, which is a very good basketball team uh, than they did against Ole Miss and, and Georgia. So we'll, we'll see what happens this weekend, but. Three-game stretch coming up of Memphis on Saturday. Arizona comes to town next Wednesday, and Arizona is absolutely in fuego right now. They are playing tremendous basketball. And then after Christmas, you go to you go to Tuscaloosa the night before the Music City Bowl. So big three-game stretch coming up after uh, USC Upstate tomorrow night. Alabama is the next game for Memphis. Right now they are eighth in the L. AAC. Oh, yeah, they're taking an L for sure. L. They're going to take an L for sure. And then, like you just mentioned, we play Memphis on the the 18th at 12 o'clock. But Memphis right now, man, they are are in some trouble. They are one game away. One game away from just being 500. One L away. They are one game above 500 right now, and they have lost four straight. Four straight, and they're about to lose possibly six straight coming up in their next two games because their next two games are against two of the better teams inside of the SEC. So that's going to be fun. It's time to get Tennessee's stuff in order on our bas- with our basketball team to make sure that we're ready to go and good to go for the weekend. Uh, Gerald Mincy committed to Tennessee from Florida. Did there's been, there's been some some conversations, some talk about was he offered? Did he have a scholarship offer? I I do believe that it that it caught the Tennessee coaching staff off guard when he committed. I think they were still in the process of evaluating him, but ultimately, I, I do think that he he ends up at Tennessee. I mean, that <laughs> that would be so weird for a kid from the transfer portal to commit to a school, and the school would be like, "Uh, wait, wait, we didn't wait, we wasn't ready." Well, if this if this miscommunication, that's on the school. Like you, you, you can't be having miscommunication going with a transfer portal player. I understand high school, but th- th- come on, it has to be clear, clear communication. Between the, the player and the school, from a you know kid from the transfer portal, we shouldn't have any any issues there. 
shouldn't have any issues there. But if it comes, great, because we certainly need some more beef uh, inside the trenches on both sides of the football. But uh, bring me all the transfers. I want them all. I want them all. 865-255-03 is our number to the Iris Networks hotline. Again, 865-255-03. Let's get to Jay on that Irish Networks hotline. Jay, good morning. Hey, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you, Jay. All right, right on, man. I had my uh, had my phone on mute, you know. So. Um, how, how does somebody commit to a school plane and don't have a scholarship offered? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, that's got to be awkward, right? I mean, you commit over the weekend while you're there, but you they haven't fully accepted you. I mean, I that, that, that just that seems a little weird. Um, Swain, Ben, I, look, Jay, I some stuff over the weekend. I heard What'd some stuff. What you say? What you say? What you hear? Well, so I, I get sent some screenshots from this rival from the from Ben's employer, Rivals Message Boards. And supposedly this guy is that is that Buck guy or well I, not not Buck Nasty, what's his name? Buck Fitzgerald. And uh <laughs> <laughs> and you know, he's basically this person is insinuating that you know, we didn't get Zach Evans because of our NIL deals being crap and I we're basically it's it's we're so far behind on our NIL stuff, and the Tennessee coaches aren't getting the support they need when it comes to NIL. Uh, you know, I heard Will Overstreet basically kind of say some of the same things and that, you know, kind of made a joke that these kind of cookie deals that Elante Taylor's getting ain't going to cut it if you want the big boys in recruiting. And so – are are we behind in NIL? I mean, I don't know. I'm a, I'm such a novice with this, but are we behind? Are the coaches getting the support they need? What is y'all's opinion on this? I haven't heard you. I haven't been able to hear you. What what you think on it? But where do y'all stand on that right now? There is um, a lot of schools that are just going just just crazy, and I think we can. I'll look at one school inside of this conference, and it's not Alabama or Georgia that mm-hmm. has been, you know, cleaning up recruiting wise, and they are going, they're going balls to the wall, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think they're being looked at. If you are Tennessee, you got to be strategic. You got to be careful. You got to be smart because you're just now, you know, in the middle of a NCAA viola- uh, investigation. The whole NIL, there's groups, one in particular, Spire Sports Groups, that uh, was a group put together by a couple uh, gentlemen that's been in the industry as far as marketing and working with agencies. And um, they have put the group, this group together. They have met with high level donors and got a commitment from high level donors to be able to, to, to use these resources for big-time NIL deals for players. And I think this is what's important to understand. Not every player is going to be 
in Tennessee's eyes, worth to go the extra mile for like some other players. So when you hear, for instance, Zach Evans, and listen, I, I'm, I'm, I'm cool with NPA. I'm cool with Buffett Fitzgerald. Um, and I don't know the details there, nor do I really want to know, like, both sides of it. I don't, and I want to hit. I want to be in the middle of it. He said, she, uh, she said, I don't know the, the the number. I don't know what has to be done. Uh, I don't necessarily want want to know all the details, to be honest. But I do know that there are resources that have been put together, and if a you know, quarterback like a I use, for instance, let's say that Taven Jackson was a was a five star. You can say Ty Simpson, or you can say, you know, Quinn Ewers, or someone like that. Then I think that player would probably be taken care of nil wise more than a player from the transfer portal at, at the running back position. Maybe they can get someone else because cause you got to think about this too. Who just hit the transfer portal? Tank Bigsby. Mm-hmm. Who recruited Tank Bigsby to Auburn? Well, that's Rodney Garner. Did Rodney Garner have any idea that Tank Bigsby was probably going to hit the transfer portal? Probably. Because he probably knew, because that's his school, Auburn, he played there. He probably knew that players were hitting the transfer portal from Auburn. He probably knew that. Tennessee probably knew that. Other schools probably knew that too because word travels. When, a play, when guys are not unhappy, when guys are unhappy, talking about leaving, world world travels. So maybe Tennessee was not willing to do all of that for Zach Evans or whatever it took to, to get him, knowing that there's other options out there. I'm not, I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. The cookie deals that ain't gonna that ain't gonna fly <laughs> for everybody. For some guys, it's, it'll be enough, and it'll be enough with our current players. And I know it's a, it's a joke, and it's a good, funny joke. You know, we got current players that got free chicken and free, you know, free free cookies. Now, I know with our players at Gus's, they got more than just chicken. They got they got they got cash too. We made sure of that. I don't know Alante's deal with the cookie place, but comparing current players' deals to deals of players you're trying to bring in is apples or oranges. Because those players that we already have, they already have on the team. So you're just getting them deals just to, you know, to make sure they're good, they're happy, and they got extra money in their pocket. But it's going to take more money, more better deals, to sway a kid in your direction. So, yes. Yes. Like if Alante, let's say Alante was in the transfer portal, or Alante was coming out of school, the current deal that Alante has right now probably wouldn't be good enough to get him to come to to Tennessee. So, yes, there are players that I think Tennessee is going to swing for the fences on with NIL deals, and I don't think Tennessee is going to do it with every player. There's going to be some players that's not worth the same deal as others. Like, it's, it's, as much as people wanted to get on Darren Rovell for his, his tweet about offensive line not being marketable, yo, Generally, he's right. <laughs> like guys, like he was right what he said. What he said, the exception to the rule is K Mays. 
Kay Mays is the exception to the rule because he's right here from Knoxville and he plays from he plays at Tennessee and he so happens to be offensive line lineman in a year where Tennessee didn't really have a lot of marketable players. So Darren Rovell wasn't necessarily wrong what he said. He just, he just came across like a butthead, and people got at him. But go and look at NFL commercials and, and show me offensive linemen being marketable. You see quarterbacks. You see offensive players. You see skill position players. Those are the guys who are marketable. So I know we up against it. I have to come back and finish my point about that, Jay. Thanks for the phone call. We'll talk about the NIL stuff more in detail. Uh, hour three coming up.